Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Whoop that trick. More like whoop that turn. No. Start again. What I really wanted to do is I wanted to lead with the women's match because I wanted to do Lola Vice. More like Nola Vice. Yeah, neither of these are working for me. No? No. I thought that you might enjoy the second one. <sighs> like, Lo- no? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's just not. Vola, nice try there. So what happened on this program of NXT? <laughs> but hold on, hold on. Welcome to the Rest of Podcast Review of NXT Vengeance Day. I'm Luke Owen, DAD. This is the Professor Dan Layton. Please do press the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up as well. We've had a lot of new people uh, entering the podcast realm we have. Uh, over the last weekend because you and I did our emergency Smackdown podcast. Sli- slightly big weekend in the wrestling world. That's why the puns aren't really vibing. For me. <laughs> we did it from home. We did it remote. So this might be some people's first experience of what this podcast normally looks like. Yeah. Which is this. Yeah. In a, in a much are. nicer a studio space that we're in incidentally my bed is over there in the corner so like, <laughs> I, I, it's the same thing we're still wearing pajama bottoms yeah yeah, yeah uh, and, underneath the desk yeah. of course uh leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this uh pay-per-view this ple ugh, i hate that term uh of vengeance day i don't know if you i talked about this on the royal rumble live reactions mm. but for what i don't know the reason ple gives me the ick yeah well i mean it, it the thing is it's not a pay-per-view like no it's for, not for some people they are pay-per-views but this one is not it's a PLE, I think it's, the reason is because it doesn't roll off the tongue. No. And because it sounds like a um, a membership tier. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a premium live event, which mm. means that like it's it's a little bit like a Tesco club card. Do you know what I, I mean? I feel it, it's almost, you know when you're talking about TKO or yeah. WBD? Yeah. That's what it sounds like when I say like PLE. It sounds like a business. Is it, well, yeah. And again, so does a PPV, I suppose. We, we were but, I, you, but, I, but I never say PPV, I say pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Cause also, because it's the same, less, it's the same syllables. Yeah. Like ultimately, it doesn't matter. But also, it is weird to say. It doesn't roll off the top. <laughs> I don't know why. But PLE, and it's written down a lot in ultra chats yeah. and stuff. And I always correct it to P pay per view. Yeah. Even though that's not the correct way to say it, because the correct way to say it is PLE. Yeah. PLE just gives me the ick. Regardless, this was the NXT PLE for Vengeance Day, and it was a pretty good show. Actually, I, I, I enjoyed this uh, this uh, PLE. I enjoyed mm. the show. Um, you and I were talking about just as we were coming down here. I still haven't had that. That NXT show that's made me go like, yeah, this promotion is back. Yeah. I mean, ticket sales would certainly tell you that, that, that this promotion is back. Like this had just under 4,000 people uh, in the building for it. They were talking about how Standard Delivers looking to be the biggest show that NXT's ever done. Mm. Um, I don't know if that includes things like Brooklyn, the Brooklyn shows back in the black yeah. and gold era. And, you know, they've got, they're probably going back on the road again. Like mm, yeah, it, so They mentioned that. Like, during the show nxt is is back but i'm waiting for that show to be like yeah man I, i've got to just tune into every single week i haven't had that moment yet but i did very much enjoy this it's still my like sort of highlight i look forward to them very much like it's oh it's vengeance day this week and i'm very excited i get yeah. that every single time i had it with deadline I'm, i've got it with sun and deliver um there's another one along the way so i'm very roadblock a roadblock of it is yeah that's that's a tuesday show isn't it yeah um so i'm like quite fond of yeah. them very much it's, it's more of this year like with hard to kill with rumble 
with this. I'm like, all of these have been decent. I haven't had one that's made me go like, oh, I love this. Oh, I yeah. love this. I've, NXT for me is a lot like Collision. Mm. It's comfort viewing. Yeah. Like Collision is, you don't need to be sat down like fully paying attention to really get something out of Collision. Mm. It's just, it's a very enjoyable two hour wrestling show. Mm-hmm. I think NXT is the same thing for me. It's just a very enjoyable two hour wrestling show. Mm. There's some stuff I like on it, some stuff I don't like on it, but that's the same with Collision, Yeah, really. Mm. But this show was built around Trick Williams. And Trick Williams pulling double duty. He got his title shot against Ilya Dragunov. That was going to happen on this show, but that was also the finals of the Dusty Classic, which he and Mello made their ways to the finals of. So Trick was having to play double duty, and you had all of the tensions with him and Carmelo Hayes. What's going on with their relationship? Who attacked Trick Williams and all this sort of stuff and how that's playing with Ilya Dragunov. And it built into the opening match, which was the finals of the Dusty Classic, then built into the main event, which was Trick against Dragunov for the NXT Championship. And after that match, Carmelo Hayes fully turned heel, attacked Trick Williams, laid him out, blamed him, blamed the fans for all of this happening. It was a really well-executed angle. Mm. Um, I think the, the graphic was a bit cheap because they did the, the corner graphic thing. Traditional. Yeah, it is traditional, but like I when they backstage when Trick Williams says, I need you out in my corner, I was like, Well, he's for sure turning heel later on tonight. As soon as they put the graphic, I was like, Oh, he's definitely turning heel now. The you can only do the graphic thing so many times before it becomes a parody of itself. I think that's a bit extreme, personally. A parody of itself is a bit much. But I do I, I it, it is that thing of I mean, you knew it was coming and the fans knew it was coming the second he stood behind Trick. There was yeah. a and, and it wasn't just a case of we know what's coming. There's an audible like, please don't do this. Like we don't want this to happen. Like oh no, don't do it. Kind of energy from the crowd. So I I, I don't think it was a I don't think it was a parody of itself. But I do I do I did know like the set. I, know, I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what I mean about it. Or telegraphs it slightly too yeah. much that something is coming. And I think that's what I mean about using it more than you need to. Mm. I think you should only really like when they, they haven't really. When, though. That's it. But like when they used it for punk. Like, that's the time you do that. Mm. When they first were doing it back in the day when they did it with Champa and Gargano. When like, was the uh, last like... time before this and before Punk that they did it? Ooh, I mean, it was a very good question. I mean, maybe it's just because it's come so soon after the Punk one. I, I think I think it's more to do with that. I think yeah. I think it's a, a well-worn trope, but actually hasn't that's been used as often. There you go. It's a well-worn trope. As yeah. opposed to it being a parody of itself, it's a well-worn trope. That's, mm. a, that's a nicer way to, to mm. put it. Uh, but I thought it was executed really, really well. Yeah. And this, cra- this crowd was so hot for that's this it, main it's, event. It's more, it was received really well. Yeah. Because the, the, the crowd don't have it yeah. on screen. The crowd are just watching it happen mm. in ring. And then, but it's we as the home viewers are the ones who have it sort of telegraphed to us but the the audience there didn't mm. and i thought they reacted to it so so well like, and I, that shows how good this that wwe and nxt have done in the presentation of trick and mellow trick in particular oh you and i talked about him from the deadline show and just like how over he has got from the guy who was and that was the, the whole point of the video package before the match he's the side character mm-hmm. he's the sidekick he's the side piece to 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 carmelo hayes he's the actual star of this act and he has not only stepped out of the shadow he's taken over and he's become the the shadow provider himself and it's now mellow who feels like he even though he's the one who's going up to the main roster i thought that the job they've done with trick has been so so great i mean it, it, on smackdown just gone because it was overshadowed by the big news of the weekend there were two really great moments that you had your bailey situation you also had trick show up on smackdown to sort of be like oh come on we got a match on tuesday was that great was oh that, wait hang on that was that was two weeks, ago, right? two weeks ago right two weeks ago either way i was just thinking that i was like i feel like i've gone I'm mad here that i've forgotten um, that that happened no 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 you are, um, yeah i've been stupid on that one yeah so when, but when point being he showed up on smackdown and everyone went a bit nuts. Like there was a massive reaction for him when you re- when you're outside of your NXT bubble, and you're still getting that reaction. That just goes to show. I, I think that shows you again how good of a job WWE have done with this third era mm. of NXT. The crossover between NXT and main roster is it's like there's no real big difference there mm. there have been a period in time when nxt because it was never promoted on the main roster and there wasn't as much of a crossover audience that people would come out nxt corps come out get zero reaction because they have no idea who they are we're now in an era where people are on nxt 
and people who are also watching Raw and SmackDown know who these guys are, who these yeah. guys and girls are. And it, it helps then the transition going into the main roster. I think that's the key as well, is when it, it, it's one thing to execute this moment. It's one thing to do this turn. It's a whole other thing to have it received like that by the audience. And yeah. the, the audience really played their part in selling this as the ultimate betrayal kind of thing. So the opening contest was Mello and Trick Williams versus uh, the Wolf Dogs of Baron Corbin and Bron Breaker, who are an interesting little act. So uh, there was a report on Five Four Select about them that you know they were just put together as part of the Dusty Classic, and that was they were just going to be the group. They were the two guys that were just put together for this, but they got over mm. and they gelled so well together as a team that like. I mean, Bronze going up to the main roster sort of spells the end for this team, but I could certainly see them doing like Bron going back to NXT to do some tag team runs. Obviously, they win the, the Dusty Classic here. I'd love to see them win the tag belts because mm. they're a wickedly good team. They are, and there's something about their style blending together. There was a lot of double team maneuvers. Their moves flow into each other. Their styles match. Their energy matches, especially this like renaissance of Baron Corbin that's been happening down in NXT. That I'm looking at it, I'm like, why is this so hard to achieve on the main roster? Like, you have mm. there's something. Maybe it's the the television matches. Maybe it's it's different when you've got um, more travel in there as well. So you're not going 100 percent every single night. This is, this was it's like comparing a pay per view match to a Raw match kind of thing. I'm like, I look at certain tags matches on Raw, and I'm like, where's the chemistry? Where's this kind of energy? It's why when the Creeds popped up and started doing their stuff, we were so you know on the edge of our seat kind of thing. I loved everything about the way they they were together i also know that he yeah bron is coming up to the main roster fairly soon and i did see a lot of people be like well i wanted to take it off gunther i wanted to take the ic title off gunther for me it's like don't hot shot him too soon like there's a there's a fine line to walk between um not going too soon having a patience and then just missing your and and by uh missing your entry completely you could call them both up and have them be a sort of tag team in the main roster situation as well. I don't know. Like, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if, like, the, the, the clamor to put uh, Bron into that Gunther spot is... Because we've already done that with uh, the Rumble. Like, we just gave yeah. him Brock's spot in the Rumble. So it's like, well, let's just keep on it. Like, let's do Bron versus Dominic Mysterio at Elimination Chamber, and then we'll do uh, Bron versus Gunther at, uh, at Mania. Not that I ever thought that, uh, uh, that Brock was ever going to win the IC title off of Gunther, mm. but Bron doesn't need to win the IC title off of Gunther, but putting Brock in, uh, Bron into that place, mm. I think it'd be a really good way to make him a star already. He's only he 26. Was, but he was looked so... But it's all about capitalizing on, mm. on Heat as well. Like, he was so good in that rumble i think he was the probably one of the standout performances in mm. that royal rumble i think that that's the a bit of the rumble i remember the most and will probably remember the most when looking back on it that's the bit i remember and i think it's capitalizing on that it's not hot shotting him into a position it's 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 building on the momentum that he's got i feel that just putting him in with baron corbin and sticking into that tag division isn't capitalizing on the momentum yes, that, you got from having fair. a great run it uh, was great even though it was five minutes mm. that's the crazy thing about Bron in the rumble he was only in it for five minutes mm. but he had more impact in there than shinsuke nakamura who was in it for 20 minutes and he looked amazing while doing it like he looked that's someone it. He, so I, like i'm not anti Bron breaker i'm not anti him having a big run i'm all i'm just sort of at the camp of like i think there's a few few options for gunther at mania is it necessary to do that right now or yeah. can you just have a bit of a could, could you put him in the u.s title ladder match kind of thing and still there's i don't know i don't know i just look at the massive long career ahead of him and i'm like if you do all now is it too much too soon i, I think you could make that argument if you if he was facing roman reigns right sure. yeah. <laughs> like facing Gunther, i think it's not quite the mm. same thing i mean they he had a, a great moment that he shut mellows like you know because trick and mellow started out really hot and he shut that down so brilliantly by doing this back suplex into a cutter like flipped uh, oh Mello God, over into the cutter great he had it this is how great braun breaker is he had a real goofy ass spot where you're like, from a kayfabe perspective like that makes zero sense as a spot from a wrestling fan you're like that's an amazing spot and i love it because he th he picked up mellow threw him to trick williams so trick williams had him in a fall away slam position and then he hit a fall away uh, a german suplex on trick williams while trick williams is giving mellow a fall away slam now in the reality of the world he was like well trick would just put him down yeah but 
because it's pro wrestling, you look past that. And that's the strength of Braun is that he can do goofy spots like that. And you're not sitting there being like, well, in reality, they were just this. No, you're like, no, that's a wickedly fun spot. In the reality of the world, you throw me into the ropes. I'm holding on. That's the exactly not it. Stupid, well, not apart from Braun in this one. I mean, yeah, he got thrown into the ropes and he got caught in the ropes. But if you generally, if you ever try and apply real world logic to a wrestling fight, like it, it's like, well, hang well on. No, there's, I think there's that. But there's goofy when you there, oh, yeah. there are spots when, you know, you do like um, Roxanne Perez had it later on where she's doing a DDT and another move to uh, um, a Russian leg sweep at the same time. They do mm. it a lot on indie wrestling and it's like there's a few too many steps to get something set up. Yeah, yeah. But the ones who are That's really fair. good at it make it look legit. And I think Bron's one of those people that makes it look legit. Roxanne Perez later on in the night makes that sort of spot look legit. The amount of indie shows that I've been to or have watched on, on TV and on fight and stuff where people have done those spots but it takes them three minutes to get into it it highlights how silly some of those spots can be. I thought this one was really, really great. To your point, actually, there's, there's something also within his character where when he does go into the ropes and I get genuinely quite... I've seen, I remember, do you remember Enzo Amore? Mm-hmm. The, um, the whiplash. The whiplash where he... he so he ran into I the think, ropes. I uh, think Simon Gotch uh, shot on that uh, in a... Um, it's a joke people will be remember there used to be a thumbnail of um, Simon Gotch shoots on Enzo Amore no. it was the, it was like for whatever reason it was like the most recommended video for right. like about three years like no matter what oh, I'm wrestling, sorry I didn't I wasn't able to feed back to you just now what, no matter what wrestling YouTube video you picked on in the corner there's a video there's a video that says Simon Gotch shoots on Enzo Amore <laughs> God, I missed that. That that one missed me entirely. I wish I could have met the moment for you. Just now. But, uh, no, <laughs> uh, you. it was it, it's those ropes are tight. That's quite a scary thing. So when Bron's head goes underneath it, there's, there's an audible oh from the crowd, like everyone's because that could be genuinely quite catastrophic. And Melo had a slip on the ropes as well. Yeah. Apparently, like they needed to be looked into afterwards, like the tightness of the yeah. ropes. Like Rifle Slate report, they were okay after the match, but they were banged up from it. So what I. Uh, was going to say is that when he then he's got this kind of energy of maybe it's a st- part of the Steiner gene I don't know <laughs> but that makes him go like ah and he's just going to run into that and, and it, it, he didn't miss a beat with it kind of thing yeah. and, and it's because of his intensity to your point that fall away slam move just kind of works and that's why he was so it's the speed that he's got the fact that when it when he spears someone. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in a different zip code. Like he runs off the ropes. They said this at the Rumble, twenty three miles an hour. Jesus Christ. 23 miles an hour. I don't walk at 0.23 miles an hour. That is an insane level of speed. Um, That's faster than most of the driving zones in London. Mm. (laughs) Bron Breaker just going around town. There's a primary school there, Bron. Go slower. (laughs) Come on, it's 20 miles an hour around here, Bron. We're trying to get cleaner air, bud. I'd hate to see him run through one of those. like You know, the primary school when they're on a bus, they're like holding each other's reins or whatever. Just (laughs) plows through them all. But the story of this was that uh, Trick tweaked his knee uh, during this match after he got the the hot tag. Mm. And the finish of the match saw Carmelo Hayes save Trick Williams, pushed Trick out of the way, took the bullet, took the spear for Trick, and Bron pinned Melo for the win. And, you know, there was some like, oh, man, what do we do this for? But it was like, no, I, I took the bullet for you because you've got to wrestle mm-hmm. the Dragunov match later on in the night. And they had a backstage segment when the docs were checking up on them. And that was when Trick said, look, I know normally we would say, let's, we've got to stay in our own lanes and just like, you know, go either way. But I do need my brother out there at ringside. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's turning heel. Like, A, you ain't winning that belt. And yeah. B, your brother's turning heel on you tonight. And it built into our main event which was Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams. This was a hard-hitting affair mm. because within about a minute of the match happening, Ilya Dragunov had a bloody nose and Trick Williams had a bloody mouth. Mm-hmm. And you know I me, mean? I think blood makes wrestling better. Mm. And this is one of those moments where I'm like, this made this match better. I, I'm more of the camp where it's like, it's not, it's not that it makes it better or worse, but it certainly makes it more dramatic. And I think yeah. that the idea of... I think you can have an incredibly dramatic match with no blood whatsoever. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, if, it adds it, to it. If it serves a story right, then crack on. But there is something in this match where you've it's Dragunov's energy more than anything else for me. It's this kind of... there's It's almost like... They, they, they talk about the Red Mist descending on someone. I feel like he permanently exists in Red Mist. Like, he's always yeah. ready for a massive fight. He actually, he, He's a bit erratic. He kind of scares me a little bit. Like, I can't really get my head around Dragunov, and that's to his credit. Um, so that it added an extra level of, like ferocity to him Dragonoff is someone I find so interesting in this era of NXT because he and and Dragon Lee to an extent and Dragon Lee sort of is already on the main roster but Dragonoff in particular feels like a throwback to original days NXT Mm. which was about 
getting the best talent from around the world and putting on these incredible super sh super shows the sort of you know nxt takeover, car takeover cards where you didn't even have to have storage you would just be like look we've got this guy we've got adam cole versus ricochet they don't need a story because it's adam cole versus mm -hmm. ricochet and you can just put that on paper and people will want to see it and we did and it was always great Dragonoff does like because you know, there's trick williams there's Oberfemi, there's mm -hmm. like all of these people who are just like they're the green talent Oberfemi's had like five matches yeah. But there's Dragonoff, who's like a tenured indie veteran. And it's just like, he feels so out of place in all of this, but also feels in within this world. I think he, he has managed to blend this better than some people have. I'm curious about what his energy would be like on the main roster, because I do think there is something that could be a little bit of a hard sell about him. Why, I, and it's not to diminish his talent in any way, because as I said, I really vibe with him. But there's something about it where it's almost like, so much he is so much the before the bell is even rolled oh like yeah with all of the this business and all, I, he's I, they, super intense you're a little bit like oh how do I, I don't really know how to respond to that you can't really be cheering along with him you can't really be like you know singing his theme in the same way that a nakamura or something like that who had all of yeah. his quirks was it, 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 it it's interesting because it, it, like spinal sap where their amps go to 11 like he goes to 11 he's but, at 96. But, but he's already he's always at 11 yeah. like he never turns any of the volume down he starts mm. his matches at 11 and remains at 11 yeah. but still somehow feels like he pushes it further and they they just beat the tar out of each mm. other and that's kind of the the brilliance of dragon off uh, in ring i've always loved loved dragon off tell the story of the, you know a thousand times over but when we saw him at the BT Sport event in January 2020, it feels weird to say you. I went to a public event in 2020, but um, Dragonoff was there and he was a part of a six-man tag, and he came out and Ollie just lost his mind mm. because he just like Ollie always said he brings out this animalistic, that animalistic part that that, that blokes have, <laughs> and he brings out he brings that out of me. It just mm. makes me like just go. Yeah. because he's got that level of intensity mm. and he was really really great out here but there was a lot of mellow on the outside mellow hyping up trick uh, at one point mellow got into Ilya dragunov's face and dragunov pushed hayes and hayes tripped over and collided with williams knee into the steel steps so williams was then even further at a disadvantage but he still fired up at a h-bomb of his own for a really good near fall and then hit the trick knee but and while he's doing all of this, Mello's up on the apron. The referee's distracted. They all collide. The referee goes down. Mello goes down. Trick gets a visual pin. Another referee runs in. So Trick he won this match. He had this match won uh, at one point. And in the end, a battle back and forth. And they both were going for their finishes at the same time. You got Trick, who was celebrating, you know, hyping up to do the knee. And you had Dragon off the other corner doing Torpedo Moscow. And it was the torpedo that won in the end. Hit his move, got the win, and yeah, I, I thought it was a, it was a very very good match. It was like that moment. Um, it was like in an anime. I, I don't really watch a lot of anime, so I'm sorry to the people who do. And are very cross with me, but I can hear Ellis upstairs. He's running downstairs. He's running downstairs. Um, to correct you. It's like that moment where like two massive things hit, and then the whole screen goes white. Do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like a giant um, explosion, like a yeah, yeah. flash. So when they're running at each other. That was that collision moment. I felt like it was mm -hmm. like they they really. I don't know who got it, and then you see who got it because it's Dragonoff crawling yeah. over to get the pin, and it almost sucked all of the air out of the room, and not in a why have you made this choice way. Absolutely, in a very genuinely gutted. The fans were so bad. Like Dragonoff, in my um, view, has always been a sort of like he's got the fan support behind him because he's just good kind of thing. Yeah. Because he's Elia Dragunov. Yeah, but here people didn't want to see him win. He, they, he was being booed and he was leaning into it. And and the thing about his character, which is effective, is that he doesn't have to do anything either way. He can just slot into the moment. If he's that level of intense when he's a bad guy, you can boo him. If he's that level of intense when he's a good guy, you can rah, you can cheer it. Here, because the fans were so behind Trick, they were so genuinely gutted, and I, you could see it. You could see. Oh yeah. So many people being like, oh, like, and it's that it's it's that feeling of when. In, in in a real sport, you 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 you're winning two one and then you throw it away and you lose three two in, yeah. in the last seconds. I, this crowd was so hot for yeah. Trick Williams. Like yeah. they they were desperate to see that boy raise that title. Mm. And that is incredible. It's also quite rare. Yeah, exactly that's what I mean. Days. I think we, you know, this past weekend with all of the Cody stuff, yeah. you kind of it has been a real eye-opening experience, I think, for some people to realize, oh, wow, yeah, 
Cody is over. Yeah. Like people really, really like Cody Rose, yeah. and I think that that's been a, a real eye-opening uh, moment for a few people to be like, "Man, that, yeah, that, okay, Cody is way over than I than I gave him credit for." I think it's the same thing with with Trick here is that he is so like this is a match that people can watch if this is your first time watching NXT. You were like, "Oh wow, mm. this guy is." over like compared to everyone else that was on the show so over yeah and 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 so to genuinely in this day and age where the fans especially fans of nxt especially fans going to an nxt ple sorry um, <laughs> Ick. are they're, they're so to... less more attracted to you now than i was <laughs> the the show um they're like for, the, for them who are quite clued up on the business and the, i mean look mm. at us we're all this is what we are it's a very different era of being a fan now for them to be genuinely buying into it in that way i think is credit to the to, to the pair of them for putting this match together, but Trick especially for just being so cool that everyone wants to be him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you're right. Like, I think it's... It is kind of rare in this day and age for someone to be this level of organically mm. over. And he has just become organically over. Yeah. I've been really, really impressed uh, with, with Trick since the the, the the rise, the stepping out of the shadow that, that he's done. I thought he was great in this main event. And then afterwards, you know, they showed Ely Dragunov, showed some replays. Dragunov was celebrating on the ramp. Cut to Mello and Trick in the ring. Little corner graphic. And I was like, all right, here it comes. And Mello stepped behind him, hit him in the knee one more time, got a chair, and hit him in the knees uh, with the chair several times over, sat on the chair, and mouthed off to him, mouthed off to the fans. Mm. Loads of referees came down. I thought it was a very well-executed heel turn, mm -hmm. made even better by this crowd. Yeah, uh, the fact that the crowd genuinely bought it, there was the, as I said, there was the, like, pleading for this not to happen. They knew it was happening the second he went behind him. Um, we all knew. I think, it, you know, it, it had been bubbling under as you That's said it, the whole yeah. episode but like the idea that this was the moment was genuinely quite crushing for the crowd and then the crowd are like, really buying into it for like weeks on end this has sort of yeah, been yeah, building yeah. up to it you know what i mean like there was because fightful slate had this so you know like there's they were keeping this heel turn a, a secret backstage and there's a few people in the comments under being like we all knew it was coming yeah. because they've been telegraphing it on tv but i think again to your point that's how good this was because the crown did not want to see this happen even though it's sort of been moving in that direction yeah and then and, and so like when he's mouthing off as he's walking up the aisle it feels like genuine oh that's this has worked for you good for you i'm gonna do a thing here i'm gonna compare it to total divas and um <laughs> in a bit of total divas there's a storyline where natty has a heel turn i remember natalia having mm. a heel turn against naomi and um in the Total Diva storyline, they're talking about, oh, I don't know, I'm like nervous how it's going to be received by the audience. And in the end, it, it is. And it means a lot to them when the, the work that they've done is received well. And it's this kind of thing where for Carmelo Hayes to genuinely get good heel heat from a knowing crowd mm -hmm. is quite tasty for him. It must have meant a lot when he walked back behind the curtain. Is that That is a job well done. Really is. Um, and I feel like this is the stand and deliver main event. Uh, I don't know how you get yeah, the, the... Yeah, Trick and Mellow. You've got to think so, right? I, mean, I don't know how you get the title from... Um, Are you think for the title? I think you could just do this as a straight you singles match. Like, this is when you don't need the title on. I don't know who you put as Dragunov's title contender. Like, who's the big name to do? Oh, well, my, my argument would be that somehow you get the title onto Hayes and then Williams mm. beats him for it and then Hayes goes off to the main roster. Um, I have it again earlier up in, in other areas of the of the show where I'm like, there used to be a formula for when the person was going to go up to the main roster. And now, because a lot of people stay and they have a second title reign or a third title reign, there's, there's almost like uh, no definitive end point. It feels like there's a real opportunity here to have a definitive end point for Kamala Hayes to go and be a full-time main roster member. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that he's a babyface on the SmackDown roster. That was going to be my question, was do you think that this transfers over to smackdown i think in a pre-triple h era i'd have said no. no like it doesn't because you, when you hit the main roster you almost have a character reset yeah. anyway there was very rare occasions when someone's character from nxt transferred over into yeah. the main roster or the stories they were doing and the character progression that they'd had from their nxt run into the main roster but i think now where there's less of a blurred line between all of them. Like NXT is just the third brand now. Mm -hmm. There's an 
it is the developmental brand, but it's also the third brand where mm. you have Dominic Mysterio as the North American champion also appearing on Raw and SmackDown. You have Becky Lynch as the NXT Women's Champion appearing on Raw and, and on NXT and Dragon Lee being on, on this show and it was champion not that long ago for the North American Championship while also being part of the SmackDown roster. There's more of like a moving parts to it. Um, so I, I feel like it has to move into mm. the SmackDown side of things. And, I don't it, and they surely would have planned for that. I'm going to keep him free. I, w- I probably wouldn't put him on SmackDown. I wouldn't have him on the show. Um, I think he he served a purpose. He neatly fit. It was it was a great introduction to him, to the wider crowd. I think for this next run of matches until Sand and Liver, where I think you can have a really nice, neat ending, keep him off. And then maybe he can show up on the, the SmackDown after Mania. So you, cause I'm, I don't know if you people push him for this, uh, this idea, the multi-man US title ladder match. Mm-hmm. People say like, Mello, put Mello in there. That's his WrestleMania I mean, debut. Great. Is in is in that match with Owens, Theory, uh, Waller, and and Logan Paul. Poor guy's gonna be knackered if you do that. Though, you got <laughs> if Stan delivers in the morning and then in the evening he's got yeah. this. I don't know. It's a lot. I I feel. Hey, like well, Trick Williams did double duty on uh, on this show. What's he complaining about? There's a few hours gap between. This is fair. This is fair. No, I don't. I don't know. I I I like him and I think he does very well in it. It's just if in terms of because it's gone over, over so well, I'm like don't. Don't muddy the water. Mm. Like for me, keep it, keep it pure, keep it, keep it on this track because you've done such a good job of it. Well, let us know what you think. Uh, should you continue doing this heel turn for Mello, or do you kind of have him be a face on SmackDown but a heel on NXT? Yeah. Or do you kind of go your way? I, I don't mind that either of keeping him off SmackDown for a bit, doing this trick and Mello storyline. Uh, leading into the WrestleMania weekend, then you can almost have the little character reset for him, the SmackDown after Mania. I just think for me, especially if you're straddling the fence, one foot either side of the face heel, if you have him as a face on SmackDown and a heel on NXT or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you're doing half of both yeah. rather than being able to go fully into one. And I think he showed at the in this moment and then as he's walking up the aisle, he showed that if he goes fully in, he's going to be really effective in that role. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, looking at the rest of the show after we had the Dusty Classic final, which was won by Brumbreaker and uh, Baron Corbin. I really hope they do win the tag titles. Mm. Um, speaking of 
people being on the main roster because yeah. like Braun is basically negotiating with Aldis and Pierce at mm. the moment while at the same time could be winning the NXT tag yeah. titles. Like that's that's remarkable, right? And I love that. We then had in a no DQ match, Dijak versus Joe Gacy. Like, you know, Dijak's another one of those guys. I was like, I think you should, you're from the wrong era of uh, NXT right. here. Although he is, because he's, you know, coming out with his big boss man sunglasses. He does look <laughs> a little bit. Nice um, yeah, and the nice thing, exactly. He sort of feels like a bit of a throwback character. Yeah. It kind of, that, that's the thing that kind of keeps me sometimes at arm's length with NXT. There are some bits I really, really like, and there are other bits, we'll get into it later with the family and, and OTM, mm. where I'm like, oh, this is a cartoon show. And mm. there are some times where I'm looking at Dijak, I'm like, I loved, you know, Donovan Dijak. Yeah. But like, that you're a bit cartoony for me sometimes with your, your big unhappy face and yeah. your, your nightstick and whatnot. Uh, you, I know you weren't hugely into this match. No. But I, I, I had a little fun time with this. It's funny that you say cartoony about Dijak because I can see, I see what you're saying, but I, I buy him a whole lot more than I by Gacy, Joe, Joe Gacy, who yeah. Feels, who feels to me, uh, uh, and I, I want to, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it feels a bit ten a penny to me. This idea of, I feel like I've seen Joe Gacy a lot. I feel like I could tune into any GCW show and see a version of Joe Gacy, and it's just here, it feels a bit cliche and cartoony. He's hanging upside down and being like, eh, like that is, yeah. oh, whatever. This this match did precisely nothing for me he put uh toys on the mm. uh the, the table that he was setting up which feels almost like the, the next level of you know when you're on the independent scenes and you sort of you used to do tax then you moved to glass and then actually the ex the escalation of that was lego pieces which like i mean as as uh vic quite rightly says if you stand on one at 4 a.m is a bitch yeah like, oh yeah it, nice. it, it really hurts yeah, yeah. so i thought it, yeah, it's, it's the next level of that to put toy cars mm. onto the table i got a bit of a kick about it it's a shame the dijak sort of overshot the table somewhat i had a lot yeah carry on but like so it had like dijak wants to do a springboard and gacy pushed him off and he left but i mean the story of this match was that dijak beat up gacy and kept hitting him with big moves but gacy kept standing back up and mm. smiling about it and getting back into things uh, and was never really like on top for anything yeah this was just dijak would hit him with big moves and then pin him and then gacy would kick out and then we just sort of move on but gacy would immediately get back up and would do his smiling thing even at the end he hit a second feast your eyes and gacy was smiling in the pin and was smiling after the match all right Liv morgan <laughs> i quite enjoyed the spot where he put duct tape around his eyes yeah it was fun. like he, he duct tape around dijak's eyes and then dijak's be like which way did he go yeah. but still managed to hit feast your eyes but they couldn't find him for the pin i thought this was wacky plunder nonsense but you know it, it was perfectly slotted second of the card yeah it was in the right place in the card and i don't look i don't think it was bad i just think it was nothing and i don't I, I, my time is precious <laughs> <laughs> give me something to no I, I i that was i'm being glib um i for me the issue is that i'm desensitized to it all mm -hmm. like um hardcore matches do little for you uh, no effective hardcore matches do a lot for me in this match, Dijak took a major bump from the ring all the way through a table onto a bunch of toys that we had sold as being, actually, that is mm. actually quite painful. A little bit of plastic digging into you if you fall on through, through a table. That's painful. Like, we built all that. Less than a minute later, he's back in control. In not, only, not only that. Not only was he back in control, he got a near fall. That's what I'm talking like, about. He got, he got back straight into the ring and got a near fall. Oh, we're so desensitized to it. There's, there's, I'm, I, I, really... I think it's less desensitized. It's more like that's bad plotting. It's bad plotting, but, I think, but I, think it's, I think it's both. I think we're desensitized to a lot of these kind of... Do you remember when MJF did that? I, I hate to bring this up every single time, but he did a Topo Suicida and he got a Holy S chant. And it's because we don't see it from him very often. Yeah. Whereas we see it from everyone else every five minutes. Like on SmackDown, Joaquin Wilde did the um, big giant launch thing. And it's like, because that worked one time. And they were like, do you want to go viral? Do you want to go viral? And then they jumped. And it, and it was like, do you, know, do you know what makes you go viral? Saying you're going to go viral. Like, yeah, <laughs> planning to go viral. I just like, it really, it's, it's, there's an element of like, we we see it so often that it, it's the we want tables chant come to life. The match has begun and we're already chanting we want tables. It happened right at the start of this so match. Like, cause, because, because it is, and I've been in the room when it's happened. It is fun. It is fun to see a human being crash through a table. It's like, a, it's a very satisfactory moment. However, um, we see it so often that we're not really buying into it. And then when you've got that combined with Joe Gacy doing his Mick Foley cosplay, like being like, oh, I like to be, I like the pain. I'm smiling through the pain. It's not, it doesn't feel, there's nothing really for me to sink my teeth into. There's nothing really, I don't feel the pain for these guys. I just mm. sort of see, 
He jumped off a, the ring halfway across the thing through a table onto some toys. That should be painful, right? These things should be painful. When they both whipped out their like sticks in the beginning and they're going to have like, essentially have a sword fight, a little mm-hmm. bit of swashbuckling. Like, I was like, oh, here we go. This is fun. I like this. And I was really genuinely looking forward to it. So I don't mean to just, I, I feel like I'm being really harsh on Joe, Gra- Joe, Joe Gacy. John Gracie. Or John Gracie. Um, I feel like I've been really harsh. And I don't. I don't mean to be, but like, I. I it just doesn't. The, there's. There's no reaction to any of this because I see it so often and it hasn't built, and it isn't being built within the match to mean something. So yeah. why should I care? I enjoyed this way more than the next match. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but in between that, we also had a, a running series of skits with Chase U selling their calendar. I have seen some people online who have been very upset about this calendar, and um, I, I, I've, I've got no skin in the in the in the game of whether or not people should be offended by by this calendar. What are they upset about? Well, because it's it's selling a, a calendar of sexy ladies, okay. and it's sort of twenty twenty four. And I think of some people's it was like. I think we're past the era of like mm-hmm. I used to get sexy calendars of of sexy ladies. As the Davis calendars. Yeah, uh, I used to get Lucy Pinder calendars. Um, that scans so hard <laughs> because you know I was in my early twenties. You're a Pinder, not a Marsh kind of guy. I you know, I used to have uh, posters of Jordan uh, yeah. on my wall um, when I was a teenager, you know, because that was the sort of era that we were in. Selling a sexy calendar of sexy ladies, um, it seems a bit sort of like out of place in 2024. My bigger issue with it is you've started selling a calendar in February. That you've, one. You've, you've already missed a calendar yeah. charts January to December. Yeah. We're, we, you know, we're only at the start of February. I appreciate that. But it's not going on sale until today. I have looked at the calendar i have seen what perv. Uh, well, hell. i have se- they're not it's not the most they're at largest promo shots i'll be honest with you it's not the sexiest <laughs> calendar promo that shots. i've ever seen but like if you go if you, I, I i think you know me and my feminist agenda oh well that's all i ever hear about you on a bloody feminist agenda tan it permeates every podcast I'm that we do so together woke. um <laughs> but I, I don't I don't see a massive issue with this to be completely honest with yeah. you. I all you have to do I mean I, the the key issue is that it's February. If it were December and we'd be looking around at all the calendars, I could present you with six. Here are some hot men in kilts calendars or like it's the diet coke of it all. And yeah, it is yeah. different because there are gender things is different. Um, it, it's a very nuanced and complicated argument, and I don't really think we should be having it on wrestling podcasts because I've learned my lessons. But. Um, <laughs> If I can, then just interject. The thing that annoyed me more about these centers is the terrible acting. Oh, like, you, you don't go to NXT for Emmy-winning performance, do you? You say that, but later on there were some pretty good performances mm. in some of the backstage segments. But Christmas Day, Thea Hale is dreadful. She's giving, and the lad that was flirting with her, what's Riley her name? Osborne. Riley Osborne. I am trying not to swear. Go to some classes. Are you are you are you skipping these classes? Are you focusing so much on your in-ring work? You're not going to any of your acting classes. No, they're in their acting classes, but they're passing little notes. Do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Oh, it is bad. It's, it's giving neighbors. It's giving Ramsey Street. Don't, and you, I'm, don't you dare disrespect the, the greatness is, of neighbors. It is. And I, I and, if anyone tried me. this on neighbors, they'd have been kicked <laughs> off that set. It's giving neighbors and I like it. I like <laughs> this stuff. It works for me. It's stupid soap opera nonsense. Um, we'll get onto that in a little bit. But at first, it was the family versus OTM. Um, they had some of those. We're going into this new production era, this post-Kevin Dunn era mm-hmm. of, of WWE. And I think that's shown in sort of very full effect here. We've seen it on the main roster when Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn had their little coffee date. The girl and, in the Yeah, and we had um, uh, Thingyo, the party girls. Have going to a nightclub, going to the woods, the deadest nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Piper Niven and Chelsea, Chelsea Green yeah. going to it. The, this this felt like this feud is those video backstage scenes. The feud. Mm. There was even a moment here when the two lads from OTM were shown as children yeah. and then faded into them being now all grown up. Yeah. Uh, this is it, this whole thing's a bit too cartoony mm. for my liking. And then I thought the match itself was. It's a six-man tag, a mixed-gender six-man tag, and it was five greeners, goose poop workers, and Tony D'Angelo, who's very good. Right. I yeah. I, I don't think the match was again similar to the last one. It didn't give me anything. Like I wasn't jumping out of my seat. I wasn't excited. I was. My, I could feel my eyes wandering. That said, I really like the character work. Like the 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 Rizzo character. She had that line before it. She was like, "My mother always taught me, fool me once, I'll break your face." That popped me. I thought it was quite funny. Um, I I'm I'm into 
the idea of the family, um, the execution in ring, not so much. OTM feel... Uh, what's the yeah. word? I don't know. I, I, not dead on arrival because no. that, that's such that's 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 far too harsh a phrase to use. But like it, it feels like it's not stock. Gonna, they feel stock. stock. Stock's good. Yeah, the, the stock character. It feels like it's not going to get very far. Yeah, like the family. The family has a ceiling to it. Kind of like Alpha Academy has a bit of a ceiling to it of being the comedy group backstage. Mm -hmm. There's only so far you can get with that. Though if you're as good as Chad Gable, you can push past those boundaries and get that excellent match out of uh it's about to say that excellent match out of gunther like gunther's ever had a bad match but like that an excellent match with gunther i do apologize yeah, chad gable had to try hard to have a good oh God, he had to work extra hard to <laughs> really make that gunther lad look yeah. good um but i think the family have a similar thing i think there's a there's a ceiling even being called tony d'angelo i think has a ceiling uh to it and you're finishing being called forget about it has well, a ceiling to it i mean there's two there's two arguments that i could make here the uh, interesting thoughts one of them is every show has people with parts to play and it, this was the whole thing that triple h said to cody that caused the beginning of aw everyone has a part to play in the show kind of thing that i think there is value in a bit like too cool had one thing yeah and and it was, it was very super, valuable and it was super over and incredibly successful and, and it made the start of every show pop like if you watch 2000s raw it's every week. Every single week after two cool do a dance, go home. Like, they they will go out there. Grandmaster Sexy has a 30 second match with Steve Blackman. Someone runs and causes a DQ. Doesn't matter because here comes Rikishi and they're gonna do the dance. Same thing with Enzo and Cass in a way. Like they they had they they came out, they did their speech, they did their thing, they went away. Now like the 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 act itself was so over that the work in a way didn't matter. Um the other side of that coin, it so so to what so what I'm saying there is it doesn't have to be it's not always a bad thing to have your to have mm -hmm. your character and be in it and and that be it like that's not actually a negative i don't i don't think there's also not um not to say that like you can't have your shtick and then play with it like the, the outlaws within dx they were not the main event of dx but they were there and they served the purpose and sold they had their bits huh? <laughs> they sold more merch they sold more much but they, they they but they were they were able to then play their part in the big stories when it was the dx express when it was like mm. all that the van Helsing regime they were able to play a part in that um so like there's certainly an argument to be made that if you're asking for every single person to have layers at every level of the roster it's like I don't know, but I'm, I'm not saying that you need to have layers at, at every le level because I agree with you. And I think that's an excellent point that you do need to have a broad spectrum and you do need to have lower mid carders. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the great thing about Too Cool is that they were a lower mid card slash mid card act. You know, they sure they won the tag titles on one occasion, but they were opening of the show, opening of the pay-per-view, come out, do the dance and everyone goes home, mm -hmm. uh, even starts the show happy. I'm not saying that you every character needs to be able to be pushed into the main event, but I don't like how cartoony some of this is because i feel like it feels out of place with with other uh acts in there like too cool felt of an era and felt within like the same world as everyone else whereas these two groups do feel like they have stepped in from it they the do you know what these two feel like and this is going to sound fairly um bad on one they're 2.0 oh okay like that's what these two I groups feel. They're, they're 2.0, and I feel like this is a brand that's trying to move on from 2.0. Mm. And they've some of the people that were in that 2.0 era have excelled in the new version of NXT, but these these still feel very 2.0. I'm not there, but I can see why you would be. We then had uh, Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez for the Women's Championship. Uh, we also had a backstage segment with Kiana James and Izzy Dame chatting about the women's division, looking to take out Kalani Jordan. Good God, I missed the summertime. They were sat in a garden. They're like, it was sunny. I walked in today and it was grey as anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got very, very strong seasonal affective disorder at this moment. In time. Spring's coming soon. Oh, it better. <laughs> it better. Otherwise, I'm off to Florida. I went to a... Uh, it's horrible politics. <laughs> I, I, I went for a nice walk around a National Trust property because, oh. you know, because I'm, I'm middle-aged and a dad these days. Fabulous. Uh, and uh, there was a, a few signs. One of the, my, my fellow dad friends uh, said to his daughter, spring is coming soon. You can see the first signs of it here. And I was like, yeah, spring is coming. We, we can get out of winter soon enough. I want to live in a place where there are no seasons. I want it to be perma-summer. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we had Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez for the uh, NXT Women's Championship. I thought these two were on fire. Yeah, in that match. I really uh, spoilers for the whole segment, but I really loved this because oh, I, like, I got two different matches in one. 
favorite thing on the show. Mm-hmm. This was, I mean, there is a, a a big old logic hole, and it made Lola Vice look like a bit of a dum dum. But I thought I have, I have a counter to that. But I, I as thought. a as a whole, I and I said you could make the argument. But I I think as a whole, this was my favorite thing on the show by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. I would say I loved the 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 mellow trick stuff at the end of the show in terms of the the crowd reaction for it. But I thought in ring bell to bell, this was the best thing on the show. Mm-hmm. And, th- and like even just when it was the Lyra. And Roxanne bit when it was just the one-on-one match. Thought they were really, really great. And the story is that Roxanne Perez is looking for that one-on-one match that she has been, you know, she wanted since not even being beaten for that NXT Women's Championship. Mm. And finally, she gets it here. She even has the match won. She hits the pop rock. She has the match won. And then in runs Lola Vice because she's cashing in her breakout uh, tournament victory. And she's now made it a triple threat. So Roxanne screwed out of her one-on-one match. And then Lola Vice came in and kicked all sorts of ass in this. She was so good. I thought she was going to win the belt at one point. Mm. Like She was doing like incredible stuff in here. But Roxanne was making wicked comebacks. Lyra was getting her shots in there. She hit the Nightwish and Lola like broke it up. Then tried to steal the pin. And Lyra had to push her off to break that up. Then Tate and Paxley came in, and now because it's no DQ, because it's a triple threat, Roxanne Perez had the match won a second time. She hit the pop rocks, but Tate and Paxley gets in and bra- she tried to brawl with Lola Vice, but unfortunately missed and went to got into Roxanne instead. Lyra hit the night wish for the win. I thought it was great. Really, really good. Roxanne had the match won twice. Not only was she screwed out of it the first time by her singles match becoming a triple threat, she got screwed out of it by outside interference. Really, really great. Yeah, I, it was like we got two different matches in one, as I was saying. The first one was this sort of like really nice little bit of technical back and forth. They yeah. had great chemistry together. The moves were tight. It was it was really good. Uh, I also love, uh, as, a, as a production note, I love when they're walking backstage towards the ring and you got those beats playing. Like that for me is harks right the way back to the Attitude Era. Like that makes so it just it makes things feel big time. Mm-hmm. You could have Hornswoggle walking down and I'd still be like, oh, hang on, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> um, it really works for me. Um, and then, yeah, the match that they had together was really good. I loved the level of like storytelling and intrigue where you've got two people here, one of whom never lost this belt, and there's an injustice in that in her. Even if, like, Way Barrett mentioned it, like he was injured, so he got stripped off the Intercontinental title. That's fair. That's what happens. You you got injured. You can't defend the belt. You are stripped of it. But it's frustrating because you've never lost it, and it's yeah. and, and you feel like everyone else is a pretender. You want to prove yourself. On the other hand, you've got someone who. Yeah, never beat Roxanne Perez for this belt. You know, there's there's a, a a break in the line of this belt. You know, she did beat for it though, Becky Lynch. She beat the man. She beat the biggest star in women's wrestling to win that belt. So she's got something to prove still as well. Like it was this perfect little clash of the pair of them, and they really delivered in the ring. So you already have that intrigue when then Lola Vice comes out and she inserts herself into that match. And you're like, well, hang on, there's a real potential here for both of these women with a point proof to get screwed out of their moment. Like, whether Lyra Valkyria loses, it's like, well, I wasn't ready for you. And Roxanne is like, well, hang on, I still haven't lost kind of thing. Or if Roxanne gets pinned, it's like, yeah, well, I didn't get pinned by the champion if Lola wants to be the one to do that kind of thing. It was a really interesting extra little wrinkle in the story. One or both of these women are going to end up hard done by. It was nice little seasoning on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um and I actually really, you said it made Lola, or there's an argument to be made. The, the argument to be made that it made Lola look like a dum-dum because if you can just cash this in any one time, why did you cash in in the middle of a match and make it a three-way when you could have cashed it in after the match mm-hmm. when two people have been beaten down and, and money in the bank cash in it, yeah. essentially. Yeah. As opposed to doing, you know, the, the argument is you can't recapture that Seth magic. Yeah. My, I, I, I see that argument and my response to it is very simply that this is, the NXT breakout winner. She's not on the main roster with Money in the Bank. She's in developmental with her breakout win. She hasn't had that run yet. She's still a newbie, so she's hyped up on her energy and her ex, and she's and she's so trusting in her own source and believing her own hype that she does it, and it is a mistake. Mm. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, I, you kind of messed that up there. I'm afraid, like yeah. that was a bit stupid of you. She can afford to be a bit stupid because she's in developmental. Like the character can afford to make stupid choices without it being like banting you off. And I think because she's not ready yet, and it would have, I think, an, a different scenario would have shoehorned her in. She's not ready for the championship yet. She's not. 
whereas in the men's area, you've got the mid-card title. The women's division doesn't have that. It doesn't even have tag belts in NXT. Um, there's kind of something great. There's great something great about her energy. I think she's really, really fun. I think the character is really entertaining. She's got work to do in terms of in-ring. And she showed here that she's got heaps of potential. Um, so I thought you can get away with having her make a make a boo-boo. I think you are correct in there. And I think you can make that argument really, really well if the commentary was sort of putting that over as mm. like, this is a mistake. But they never highlighted that this was an error or a tactical error mm. in cashing in to make it a three-way. But I think you can make a, a very good, compelling character argument that, mm. that it was just a character mistake uh, mm. here. But I, honestly, like, the re the reports are as well as that she was very praised coming out of it. All three of them were. Yeah. I, my favorite match on the show. Like it, By leaps and bounds, I thought this was the best bell to bell in-ring action on the entire mm. card. My only criticism is that I don't know how much more Roxanne can get done in NXT. Like how well, much- He'll turn. Uh, I suppose. But for me, it's pretty clear that Taylor Paxley is, is the- the heel here she's the sort of depends on if you want to how you want to read the the attack that she does uh you know the uh, an unjustified attack from roxanne perez i've seen a few people suggest that this could be you know leading to like maybe that's how you you continue this roxanne character is you do give her the, the heel turn mm. screwed out twice in a match and that turns her into a uh, a baddie who just will now do whatever she can to win that title back but i also agree with you that i mean it, it, she's one of those people kind of like what you, what you say about tiffany stratton wasting away in NXT like you do not need to be here you should already be on the main roster uh, yeah the, the only part of me that has a little reservation is that I don't want her to get lost in the shuffle because there's not that level of um, recycling going on on the main roster um, look at the creeds yeah kind of like there's there's an element where I'm like this is why I've always I've, I'm actually kind of I, I it would require a massive wholesale change in the industry but I like the idea of there being a cycling off season. You know, like with the territories, I've kind of done my thing over here. I'm going to go over here. Mm -hmm. now I'm going to go over here. Where like, I, Kevin Owens, we haven't got anything for you from April to June. Have a couple months off. Go and rest yourself. Go and like get your mental health back. Like, you know, have, have a good break. Come back. People will be well excited to see you. What happened with Drew McIntyre? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what really, you know, removing any of the contract talks and the, well, actually, this is what this is about from it. When Drew McIntyre went away for a bit after Mania, and then came back at Money in the Bank, people were excited to see him. Can't miss him if you're, ne if you're never there. Exactly. So there's almost something to be said, Can't especially you're always there. for a roster this big with a developmental territory with people who are ready to move on from developmental. There's something to be said for like, all right, this is your cycle. You can be part of cycle C. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you're, you've had a good run, cycle A comes back in and cycle B, and then it's your turn for an off season. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. There's something um, interesting in that. I don't know how much more Roxanne can learn oh yeah well you know there, that, that's the thing is with with nxt still being that developmental thing is like there are people there who are looking to learn mm -hmm. and do need to learn and that is what you should have from a developmental brand and then there are some people like roxanne perez or dijak or Ilya dragunov or some guys to trick williams who are like yeah i think you've learned everything you can in developmental mm -hmm. i think you can just go to the next level of your wwe career but yeah i, I, I overall i thought this was fantastic yeah i thought it was really really great also i mean, you have huge props to lyra's promo uh, at the start yeah, of yeah, this yeah. match you, you kind of alluded to it earlier and it was i liked this promo anyway because it was about putting over roxanne perez while also putting yourself over and therefore making both of you look great so that once you beat them or lose to it you haven't lost to someone but you have beaten someone mm -hmm. that, that the great great promo work and it's a real stark contrast to what seth and roman did regarding their titles mm. which i I'd still irks me really really heavily mm. this is what promos are supposed to do Promos are supposed to make your opponent look great and make yourself look great. Because if you make your opponent look like an idiot, then you beat them. What did you get from that? You beat an idiot. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But if you're putting someone over and being like, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, but I'm going to be the person that beats you, you've then beaten a great person. Mm. And you get a lot out of that. Mm. I thought it was an awesome promo. I think I wanted to mention as well is that um, I've got a real issue with Americans calling it Legos. It's called Lego. Lego is the plural already. There's mm. no such thing as Legos. What if, I, what if I've got two things I've bought from the Lego shop? I've got this. And you bought Lego. Lego. Those, these are my Legos. No, they're not. They're your Lego because Lego is the plural. But what if I have one over here that I bought in the Eastern Conference and one I bought over here? Oh, Daniel, you little bitch. <laughs> I love it. Hello to the new people who subscribe. You <laughs> might not know my history with the word final.
Uh, and the last match, the final match we get to talk about, though, not the final match on this card, um, was Opafemi versus Dragon Lee for the North American Championship. Very, uh, you know, pretty basic big versus little match. Um, I quite enjoyed Femi biting the ropes to get out of the octopus stretch. I thought that was quite fun. Um, and him chopping Lee out of midair, chokeslamming him into the, the announcer's chair. And he hit the pop-up powerbomb for the win. For a guy who's had, like, five matches... I've seen way worse. Yeah. There is something, it's the big versus little, it's the David Goliath, it's the power versus speed, it's all of that. I think when you say, like, I've seen a lot worse, I think the crucial part is he knows who he is. Like, he knows what he's here to do, and yeah, he's still learning. And But when you're in the ring with someone like um, Dragon Lee, who's sort of able to fly around and, and uh, sleight of hand distraction away from anything that might go slightly wrong, mm-hmm. you can afford to look a million books and i think there's something as well in a commentary wade barrett was talking about being at the rumble and having people go like well, who's that Femi guy like he's a he's a big guy like yeah, he's big dead. dude that all of that serves to put you over as well um i think he just knows what his is he knows how to position himself he knows how to hold himself on the roster it's really working this mm. character um five matches good for you absolutely like, good for you yeah. Uh, and then the last thing to talk about is uh, Lex King um, thought he would join the bad acting class and do some more bad acting with the Chase U lot uh, got into a fight with Riley Osborne they're having a match on NXT um, and we also had a uh, Edris Afoni and Malik Blade this is the, the performance I, I actually quite enjoy where they were talking about sort of like positive um, reinforcements and mm-hmm. stuff and um, I can't what, what do you call them uh, affirmations yeah. going through this and Nathan Fraser and Axiom walked in to set up a tag match thought some of those performances were quite fun. Mm. I do come to NXT for some good backstage segments. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. <laughs> You've missed one other thing to talk about, which was that there was a promo for something mysterious. Oh, yes, we did skip over that, didn't we? Uh, that was... Oh, it was just before the Ober Femi match, yes. Yeah. Um, which many are, are thinking to be Julia. Well, it is. it was about... the Basically, the promo was just text on a screen, white text, black screen, and it simply said, man has three faces... Uh, the one you show to the world, the one you show to your family, and then the one you don't the show anybody, one. and that's the real face, and that's a Japanese um, proverb. Proverb, like you know, whatever the the, the phrase is, um, could be Julia, mm-hmm. could be a carder on his way to join Chase U, could be. Um, <laughs> Imagine if a carder goes to NXT. Funny. I mean, it, I don't think it would be that. <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm even someone who quite likes the... God, you imagine this crazy world that we'd live in. You can see this thing. Like, if a card went to NXT, mm. it might be the dumbest thing this company has ever done, mm. who have done numerous dumb things. Mm. It'd be the dumbest... Sending Julia to NXT is fairly dumb in of itself. Yeah. But... A carder would be next level thick. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just evil. You know, in New Japan's... You, are you thinking evil's going to come well, across? Because if the last well, face is evil, and it's got the word evil in it, maybe it's yeah. evil. I mean, that's someone you probably do want to send to NXT. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, uh, I just thought it was interesting that that was there, and then that it was sort of moved on quite swiftly from the fact that it's a Japanese proverb feels very, I, very loaded. I feel like it's probably Julia. Yeah. Which is interesting as well, because the reports of Julia, like, you know, she's finishing up now with, with Stardom. Also, that's, you know, in the news as well, with Rossi going. Um, which is so, such an interesting... I think there's going to be re- a lot coming out about this Rossi situation, his relationship with WWE, whether or not he's going to go to NXT. Apparently, there are some people in WWE who are a bit anti Rossi. I'm very blind to all of this. And, and, and I don't, don't, Rossi is. don't want him coming in. And I, I, no, Tony Khan has clearly had his issues with him because he's wanted to book stardom talent, and, mm-hmm. and Rossi's always said no. And then they've tried to send talent across, and it's never quite worked out. It's why we haven't had a lot of stardom crossovers with Forbidden Door, apparently. Um, I think there's going to be a lot coming out about this. Whether he goes to NXT or whether he starts his own promotion, which is the other thing. There's a lot of people very loyal loyal to him. But like this Akari Sane going back to WWE was mm. very much part of Rossi going to be being fired from Bushi Road because like in Bushi Road's own statement, he was poaching talent mm. and you know was kind of screwing with their own contracts and stuff. I think there's going to be a lot coming out of that. So the Julia thing is, is obviously interesting on top of that. But we don't know for now. Like, on Fightful Select, there's, there's no... They couldn't get any confirmation or word on what the spooky promo was about. Good. With uh, all due respect to Fightful Select. Good. Uh, I, uh, for me, the, the, the more, like, 
uh, moving on to our next thing, which was, you know, they come out and it's just like, on to the next thing. It's it's the North American Championship match. When you had Lexus King fighting with Riley Osborne, mm. they just fade. Like, they just, they literally fade to Ava in office talking about the success of NXT. I was like, that's a bad bit of editing mm. there. That's a bad bit of production. Mm. But overall, I thought this was a uh, very a good show. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. Didn't enjoy as much as Deadline, which I thought was like, yeah, I agree. which was like, I thought superb. But I thought this was a, a very good, like three out of five mm. PLE. Yeah, I, I love them. Yeah. It. Uh, it, it did the job even with bits inside it that didn't do anything for me. Yeah. So that's all we got time for on this edition of the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, video review Monday Night Raw. What's on Raw? I can tell you what's on Raw. It's Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a bull rope match. I thought I dreamt it. (laughs) They they announced that on on the old social media. Uh, We've also got, let's have a look, what's on WWE.com. I'd imagine we'll probably pivot away from the... uh, rock thing that we did if they're monitoring the situation they may just you know rewrite some of what they did gunther is going to be uh, having a celebration i believe because he's now past 600 days and that's all they've announced oh well there you go there was nothing on WWE.com anyway. Um, anyway, that's it. We've got review Monday Night Raw tomorrow. I have no doubt this is going to be a big, big show after what happened on SmackDown. And I'm really looking forward to, to getting into it and chatting through that. We'll be live here on the Rest Talk podcast channel tomorrow, 3 p.m. GMT. And then we're back on Thursday, myself and Tempest reviewing AEW Dynamite, which will be a, it's got, it's a stacked old show, that one. That's got the Sting and Derby mm-hmm. tag title match. It is going to be a busy, busy show uh, on Dynamite. And then next Monday is the start of the new era of Mondays as Dan and Tempest will be reviewing AEW Collision and SmackDown all together. Unless, of course, something mad happens on SmackDown again this week. We have to do another emergency podcast. Uh, you can see the preview of that show on Patreon, I believe. That's uh, you can do yes. We, we 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 shot a little pilot for it for for last week's and sort of see how it, how it might work. And that is available to those who might want to join Patreon. Have a little look. Yeah, if you're curious on uh, our thoughts on last week's episode of Collision yeah. as well as last week's episode of uh, the the Go Home episode of SmackDown before yeah. the Rumble, that is available over at Patreon.com forward slash Talk, along with loads of other goodies, including our near four hour review of Royal Rumble 2014, the first chapter of a new era of Talk Extra, where we're looking at the breakup of the shield our next episode will be extreme rules because we've already done wrestlemania 30 and elimination chamber 2014 but we will be talking about the matches that the shield have uh, from those shows that's what we've got time for on this edition of the podcast i've been luke in dad that has been dan layton we'll see you tomorrow jam that jam, jam, that jam. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 